open on the door. He's going to throw it, and right there. Welcome in. Sorry about that technical difficulty right there, Irish fans, man. I am Sean Davis. My guy, Malik, at Overtime Malik. That's right. We're here for the the wrap-up show, Notre Dame. Big 32-29 win over Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. Tough environment. Tough environment, but one of the greatest environments in college football. Like, as a fan watching you have to enjoy watching a night game in Blacksburg. But that game against Virginia Tech was the greatest promo video <laughs> for this podcast. Greatest promo video for this podcast. You want to know why? It was that guy over there. He told you on the slant earlier this week. I said, who's going to be the starter when they tried out? Yep. Somebody on this podcast said it's going to be Jack Cone. Going to be Jack Cone. It's going to be Jack Cone. And if Jack Cone starts and he fails, it's time to turn the reins over to the rook. To the rook and let him rock out and get ready for next year. Now, I know a lot of people out there upset because the people champ, Drew Pine, <laughs> didn't get a chance to get in the game. You feel like he deserved to be in the game. Yeah. But, you know, we told you how it was going to rock out. We told you. We told you. We also told you that in order to win this game and to be impressive and show progress, the Notre Dame offense had to put up 30 points on the road in yeah. a hostile environment. In a hostile environment. Hostile environment. Score, 32-29. 29. Yeah. Money. Yeah, right on the money. We told you. So <laughs> – just listen to the Lucky Lefty podcast. <laughs> That's all we're saying. That's all we said. Look, we'll let you know how things are going to play out, and then you can just go from there. Yeah. Want to yeah. wager your money? Listen to us. Yeah. Yeah, it was we me. Save, we might save money for the household because you don't have to go to the game. We'll just yeah. tell you on YouTube. <laughs> was me on the preview show and the publications told you, go ahead and take the minus one. Yeah. Take Notre Dame in the minus one. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. That's all we do. <laughs> That's all we do. We're the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're here for you. We're here for you. We're here to tell you how things should go. So before we get started, let's go ahead and hear from head coach Brian Kelly after the game. And we might have to put Brian Kelly on the petty train one more time. We we might have to. Have to. We might oh, have he was salty last night in Blacksburg. He was salty. <laughs> you know, he can never just take the dub. He can never take the dub. He just can't take the dub, be happy. He can't even he can't get the media. You know, just here's your head coach, Brian Kelly, we just after the game. But I don't know that I've ever coached a group of guys that had such – um, resolve and mental toughness that regardless of the situation, they just kept playing, uh, unfazed, um, by the circumstances and, and look in particular, I mean, you take Jack Cohn out of the game. He's the first one to pick up Tyler Buckner on the field when he's hurt and he's prepared himself mentally to go back in the game and lead two drives. Um, you guys should be, uh, thinking about great things to write about that guy because that doesn't happen 
very often. But you'll find you'll find negative things to write about this game, and that's why I don't really care. Because as a coach, what I take from these games is watching a guy like a Jack Cone come in under those circumstances and rise above it. It was just for me incredibly enjoyable to watch him play and to see George Takis catch a ball down the seam that was intended for Mike Mayer or to watch Logan Diggs have to come in because Chris Tyree uh, couldn't answer the bell because of turf toe and Kyron uh, was banged up um, and 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 Sibo was a coach's decision uh, and not being here so just so many stories um about players persevering. So I'll get off my soapbox, let you guys uh, dig into the game um, because it, we're not perfect. And that's okay with me. <laughs> that's your head coach, man. That's your head coach. That's your head coach. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you were down under four minutes, you're down eight. Yeah. And your team finds a way to win. And you're still salty? Salty. Still salty at the present? Look, the media does its job. Yeah, they're going to always do their job. Everything the media has said, I don't think I've read or heard anybody say anything about Notre Dame and how this team has performed or its flaws that wasn't warranted. Yeah, like it was clear as day. We ain't just picking on them. It's what we see as, like, as and for you to admit that you have flaws, yes, yes. you see them. <laughs> Therefore, we talk about them. We talk about your flaws. Why? That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. But like we said, this is greatest promo for this podcast because we laid it out. We told you how this game would go. We told you how the flow would be. I want to talk about initially before we get to how your uh, keys to a dub turned out. I want to talk about Tyler Buckner because for a moment there, and we tweeted it out on our social media page. Yeah. You felt like, okay. Yeah. Darn. Man, I feel bad. It's happened to Jack Cone again, again, again <laughs> at Notre Dame. Like, Oh man, you gotta feel bad for the kid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see Virginia Tech make adjustments. Yeah. You know, and now the kid is like, you, you can tell, like he's like a second late on his passes. He almost got Avery Davis killed. Hospitalized. <laughs> and that's simply because he threw the ball late over the middle. Just young, young guys. Just young guy. You know, he misses, almost throws a pick six to the left. Oh, yeah. Well, they don't even talk about that. Yeah. No. Eventually, he did throw a pick six, mm -hmm. which is basically just a cover two. It was they a did. cover two, but the receiver, you got a KYP. I say it all the time. Know your personnel. One, he wasn't even looking. I thought he thought it was a, a wrong play. Yeah. Two, when has he ever gotten the game? Outside yeah, I think that was the um, Once again, that's Brian Kelly. Remember last <laughs> week, he said, we have to get these youngsters in the game to give our receivers some rest. Yeah, or right. to not let the young ones leave. <laughs> right. So you don't give these young receivers reps in the first half. In the first, especially you at get them into the game, you put them in in the most tense times. 
and then talk about quarter. and then talk about adversity and you're coming through and these narratives. Is you yeah. setting the narratives up? Yeah. Once again, these are the coaching ahas <laughs> that Brian Kelly gives you because you know you talk about giving these guys time. That's okay. Give them time. Give them time. Don't give them time their first reps in the fourth quarter on a clutch third and six when you back up. Fresh guys, new guys in on on the most crucial third down of the game. Yeah, and then Tyler Buckner. Yo, on third down, there's a guy wearing number four. (laughs) On third down, find him. That's the guy you're looking for. Don't throw to the freshman, to the field. Yeah, you yeah, you making it the hardest throw on the field to a guy that's not supposed to be out there right now. And he's inaccurate outside the hashes. Yes. And that, that will come with reps. He's Timing, everything. Yeah. Has a good arm. You know, the Kevin Austin pass was a dime. Dime. Was a dime. But this is what he was a five star quarterback for coming out of high school. We yeah, we should have been seeing this all season, you know. This just happens to be the first rep. <laughs> this has to be the first real time he got to actually play a, a game plan quarterback. It looked like he actually knew more in the little packages and it was trusting more. And he made some plays. You know, he made some plays. Also, Tommy Reeds, we see you. We know you watch our podcast. <laughs> we see you, bro. We see you. We appreciate it. We do. We appreciate it. At the end of the season, just give us a little, you know, give us a little promo, a little snippet. Yeah, or something. Just drop drop our name. In the and it's early in the week, yeah. he said, stop putting Kevin Austin on the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, put him in the slot. Him in the not only that, let him run some digs. Let him run something else. Let him yeah. run something else. And when he did that, look at that. You get what you want. You get what you want. And, you know. We spent it different. We spent it different. He was listening to your clean sheet. He had to because yeah, there's no way it was. It was no way it was so accurate. And for a guy like Tommy, man, I, I I appreciate him giving the guys a chance to win. Early on, it was looking rough. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. still have to be upset. We're going to get into Tommy Reese when we break down both OCs and we give out our grades to each unit. Still have to be a little bit more creative. Still, yeah, even when you're today, you still have to. Still have to put it, man, you have to be more creative in that situation. Mm -hmm. Way too many teams are getting extra aggressive. Linebackers are flying downhill. They're bringing the safeties up late. Yeah. You know, lifting off the outside, especially when Tyler's in the game because they're starting to stop. They they want to stop that RPO. That kid runs hard. He's running like he's trying to play all the time. He's got to learn to adjust it the more he gets in. But he's going in out there like with abandoned reckless. When I gotta make a play, yeah, I gotta, I got to figure it out because when he gets to settle in, I think we'll really see what he's how special he can be. But for some reason, every team we play plays us like the Super Bowl. We play Virginia Tech like this is a two versus three matchup. <laughs> I can't stay. We make all these teams look so good, and they play really. I mean, Bud Meister, come on. Now, did look. <laughs> let me tell you something. Let, this is why I said Brian Kelly might need to go on the, the petty train. 
You're under pressure. And I, I didn't cut this up. So we don't have it for you. We apologize. But he talked about, dude, Isaiah Foskey had a game. A game. That's what he, he was in the backfield all night. All night. Brian Kelly lauded him for that. Yeah. And then turned around and said, you know what? You get pretty tired when you're constantly chasing the quarterback and he's just getting out the other side because guys are letting him. And I'm like, yo, yo. <laughs> what are you doing? Foot in the mouth, man. Foot in the like, mouth, man. Just say, man, Isaiah Foskey had a fantastic game. That's, That's it. it. Yeah, he can't, he can't just let it just end on that. He, he can't let it go. He can't let it go. He might be the pettiest coach in all of America, <laughs> man. It is amazing how many times he just can't say positive things without throwing a little game. Man, these are tough wins. These are tough wins, and he just can't say nothing solid to that. It's got to yeah. be. Well, I, and, and I keep saying I, I kind of get him just because these are teams that we are supposed to be beating handily. Yeah. I think he's sick of the fact that every team is playing us like a Super Bowl team. These teams yeah. are like that on film. Yeah. Now. And squeaking out is, you know. Everybody will say that the turning point was when Jack Cohn went out, Tyler Buckman came in. It was bigger than that. Bigger than that. What really turned everything around because – the offensive line played well. We have to give them the flowers today. Yeah. And that's because, once again, this game was one of the greatest promos for this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Right? Because it was us on the slant that told you over a week ago, hey, Kane Madden, go to the sideline. That's right. Just let Christoph and Joe Alt, let them rock out. Let them rock out. Let them rock out. Yeah. The veterans. You claimed, Brian Kelly, that the veterans be, were being taught fundamentals. Yes, we have to and say if, that. And if they can't pick up the fundamentals through spring and summer, they're not going to get five games. Yeah, they're not going to get a week. Go sit them down. You got to. <laughs> Go sit them down, bring in the youngsters. And the youngsters, I thought that was a terrible clipping call on oh, this yeah. topic. You know, they, they, the game. Yeah, they couldn't let them get by all the way. Yeah. And and the refs, the refs were deaf. They had to be ACC refs, you know. Yeah, with they, they driver's licenses. They got yeah. They got a they got a condo out there. And had had to have it. <laughs> had to have it. So, like you said, uh, Kevon McPherson says the running game surprised him. Only up from here. What we we told you once again. We told you in this podcast that. The average offensive line looked like Notre Dame's offensive line. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, that offensive line, if you let them play together, will get better. They're going to get better. Cohesion. And what changed? Well, what changed is we started running more horizontally. We went to some more zone blocking scheme. Well, what do you know? Who said that? Yeah, we said Who, right who said that? Who said go to a more zone blocking scheme and allow your running backs that are patient running backs, yes, Tyron and Logan Diggs, the opportunity to find their holes, put their foot in the ground, and, and go Pierce, and pierce it and get upfield. Yes, you got your you put your, your third headed horse out there with Buckner running side to side all day. You're gonna cut somebody loose. You know they they're pinning their ears back versus Jack. 
and some of the time, you know, early on, he was he was getting a little rattled because they just creating pressure, but he was a sitting duck. Yeah. They put that split back out there with Buckner in the middle. They got to play soft. And, you know, Buckner going to run hard. You know, he ran for that touchdown. Right. So you got to respect that. And then you can't fall asleep on Kyron, but that's lessening guys that are making a tackle, rallying to the tackles. They're chasing everybody. Lessens the O-line load. They got to soften up D-line, trying to look in the backfield where the picks are going, giving them a chance to get in front of guys and, and hold their ground. And then when you throw in that and you're doing play action, the O-line can figure itself out. You know, it can you can protect your O-line that way. And then when it gets hairy like it did late and it's time to put Jack back in, guys are already in shape. You know, he can go in there and guide the ship into the dock. And he did that. And I need Brian Kelly to whisper to Tyler Buckner, you are allowed to run <laughs> when you drop back for a pass. Yeah. You don't just have to run when you pull it on the RPO. There's so many times he's back there, he's back there, and I'm like, yo, take off. He's trying to make a young passes. He's like, look, I'm tired of running. I got a hamstring injury. I'm going to make the most of my chance to shine. They ain't called this many pass plays for me all season. I'm going to try to read them. (laughs) A youngster like that, I'm not mad if he goes one, two. Yeah, and take it The quarterback. One, you're not expecting him to go through four progressions. You're not. It, it, like a veteran. No, 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 no. At this point, if your primary is not open, you go to the second he's not open, take off. No, because that's go what you can Exactly. And that's what, you know, I, I keep saying it goes back to he should have been doing this earlier. I think it's more mental than anything because you're, you're trying to press because you finally get that chance to – play a full quarterback style of game. And so those things like that, that, that bought Isaiah Fowski was, I mean, not Isaiah Fowski, but the Kevin Austin was all about confidence. Yeah. He wasn't even open like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he was, as, I'm glad that he got able, he was able to complete that. Cause I know that changed the game for him and it put him in a good spot to continue that change of pace. Coach Kelly always talks about. Yeah. And that pass to Kevin Austin definitely opened up the running game even more. Right. Nobody thought he could throw. Because now Virginia Tech <laughs> is aware of the passing game. He also hit Avery across the middle. And those two big plays, even Justin Fuente said it in his post game, like, yo, when Tyler Buckner hit those two passes, now we're like, okay. We got to respect it differently. Exactly. You know, because like I said, we have weapons. Yeah. We like, have weapons. Michael Mayer, like, come on, Kyron Williams. Kevin Austin, it just goes down the list. So, yeah, shout out to uh, Mitchell Evans, uh, who, was thrown, who was thrown out for targeting. Uh, 50-50. I, I could have taken it either way. I don't think he was targeting. It was a crackback block. Freshman should have known. Freshman, I don't know if he should have. You know, on the stage like that, you try to make some shake, but you got to gotta be focused on what's at you. Yeah, and then uh, George Tappas. Like, both of those guys, they're not Michael Mayer. But yeah. I think George Tackers came up with a huge catch yep. on a touchdown drive in the fourth quarter and blocked well. And those, those two guys blocked better than Michael Mayer. But, you know. That, that man, also impacted the running game. He's a specialized tight end. Yeah. He's an NFL tight end. Yeah. He's, he's like blocking. He's, that, he's that money. He's that money bag tight end. But him and him and uh, Tommy Trimble together, that's a really good combo, though. Yeah. Because Tommy will get in there and mix it up on the blocking. 
Mike will come in there on a wing or maybe on the other side and run some routes. It's a good, that's a good system for it. Yeah. All right. So let's hop into it. Your three keys to a dub. How did those turn out? Shoot, the first one was special teams gonna make a difference in the field position. I thought we had some good opportunities, and you know, our our, our favorite kicker in America, the, the the red, the red assassin, the red rifle assassin, you know. What I mean, he went in there and and ended the game like a, it was like a pro style. Like, I mean, he's proved the, through the whole season his consistency. You said it yourself, it's gonna come down to him being on target, and he came in right when we needed him. So special teams made a difference for us. Then you talk about the 21 points before half. I'm not – did they get 21 before half or it was more second half? I was trying to – No, it was 14-13 at the half. Yeah, it was 14-13 at the half. So not exactly 21, but we were at least in the game enough to have the crowd at ease. You know, it wasn't getting crazy to the second half when we started turning up when that pick six and it started to change, but – from the first half, I felt like we controlled it enough to be able to – well, Jack did a good good enough job to be able to finish strong how he did in the end. So it didn't just completely give up and blow out, blow us up in the game in the first half, gave us a chance, and then we do what we do best. When we're the most talented team on the field, we're going to win nine times out of ten towards the end, and I'm glad he didn't give it up early on. And then what was the last one? last one was what um, – it was a 12 points field position and something about defense, right? Uh, defense. Yeah. I was saying got to score some points. Well, they held up a lot of drives, you know. I mean, they did a good job of you know, I knew he was gonna give up a lot of plays. Like you said, they had some good receivers that made some plays. It looked like they were trying to pick on a couple guys out there on our secondary. But you know, we didn't get the the points on defense like I probably would have wanted. But, you know, I didn't know the offense was going to come out and, and, and do what they did either. So they supplemented from the points that we should – that I thought we should have had on defense. But yeah. as a team effort, man, you got to be you got to be happy with that. Now, that's the second time we didn't win in hostile environments and came out with a close victory, even though both teams aren't ranked. And, but it felt like a ranked team. <laughs> yeah, I thought Virginia Tech – came out with a great game plan. I would venture to say that Virginia Tech outcoached oh, Notre Dame yesterday. Because was the, the staff outcoached Notre Dame staff because they came out with a game plan. They were struggling running the ball. But what they did with jet sweeps and with the Russian attack is they attacked the edges. Yeah. And especially Justin Adeyemola. Early in the game had a problem like giving up contain, whether it was in – Quarterback scrambles or the running backs. We just giving up, and it was it was frustrating. Like, man, what are we doing? There's no way this team should be moving the ball like this. First down, first down. You like, and and man, they did a great job. We Notre Dame adjusted, started to shut them down. They still got a little movement, and we held them field goals. That's the see. That's the thing you have to give the defense credit. On what did we say? What did we say on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touchdowns and field goals. And every point is going to be premium in this game. Every single one. We scored touchdowns and held them to field goals. That's right. And, and, and great spots. They was on the one at one point. They was at, what, like the 10? 
Yeah. And these are after big plays. So usually after big plays, they'll probably finish the drive or something. But yeah. for our defense to bend but not break, it really, really saved us because it, you know, it was a three-point game. But you know, those touchdowns could have made all the difference. And he and the kicker was nice. The kicker was nailing thing. You know, he hit the deep one before half. He was, I mean, he was just accurate. So thank goodness that we let him play soccer. And we didn't let him get in the end zone, and, and it helped us out, man. I'm telling you, offense showed up when he needed it. Uh, we need to send some flowers to Tavion Robinson this morning. <laughs> um, hello. Hello. My name is Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> I know you thought you had that catch. I know you thought you had it. <laughs> I know you thought you had it, but hello. I just want to make sure you're okay this morning. See, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. When you got 14 on the field, man, he's gonna cover a lot of different things for you now. He's gonna he's gonna crush a lot of teams' dreams out there now. Yeah, that's our safety blanket, in my opinion. Man. <laughs> so yeah, I was disappointed with the defensive performance. Brian Kelly, you know, like he said, we gave up the edges, whether it was a run or a pass. Or a pass. Or a Lost pass. contained way too many times. Uh, Cam Hart played okay. He didn't play bad. He played okay. And I I know you're going to be critical of him. Third and seven, you have to wrap up. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Just there. Got, just and then, it. yo, if you're going to make a big hit, you got to commit to the hit. It was too much of an open field tackle. And for you to blow it like he did, yeah. and I'm like, yo, that's just, that's not on the progress of being a dude. No, no, at all, at all. And he was doing this, but that one was like, oh, you got to go here for a little bit. Right, now you're leveling off. Yeah, yeah. And that was huge because that, that led to points. That led to points. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, the tackle looks so crazy. I'm like, is he, like, like that big or something? Like, he done made the no, tackle. he's not that big at all. But those are the things, like you said, you know, Come back, look at it on film, tell him, like, yo, either hit him in his legs, get him down to the ground. There's nothing wrong with going down to the ankle and grabbing. Yeah. As long as you get him down to the ground. Dang, you just got to get him down. I know. Look, I was a little guy, right? Like, <laughs> when I played, look, I was like 120 pounds. Oh, my goodness. I was a 29 waist. Man, I was that dude that was like, I'm holding him up. <laughs> I'm just holding him up. Wait, wait for y'all. Wait for everybody else to come. Like, <laughs> but those are the best because that's how you create more turnovers, man. You gotta, man. gotta hold them up long enough. Start punching the ball out. So overall, once again, Notre Dame 32, Virginia Tech 29. This team is resilient. I'll give it, I'll give it credit. Oh, I think this team has bought into the present of Notre Dame football in the program. That's right. Look back, two college football playoffs in the last four years, the vibe and the feeling around there is like, man, we are a top five program. That's what we have to live up to. And in doing that, we have to win football games. And we have to find a way to win. And they acted like a team that was kind of thrown by losing last week. Yeah. You're a good team. Like, you're kind of thrown like, yo, I can't believe we lost that game. <laughs> yeah. You don't expect to lose. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Even with them having flaws as a team, 
it's a good thing for them to feel like, man, there's no way we should have lost to Cincinnati. That's right. That's you know, right. everybody else might say, well, Cincinnati's the better team in that building. No, you can tell they feel like, no, there's no way we should lose, and we're not losing this game. Yeah, like you can see the fight. You yeah. Know, I can really commend that when it's when it comes down to making those plays that are needed at the end of the game, you have to commend the team for stepping up. And it's not just one guy. You know, you got a guy here, you know, there's a guy surprised you over here. And so to be able to do that after coming after a disappointing loss like that, dropping however, what, six spots that we dropped or whatever, it shows a lot of resilience. Was, but you couldn't tell by listening to Coach Kelly, man. Yeah, you couldn't. You can't, you know, so <laughs> let me ask you a question. What do the, the football gods are amazing? Are amazing. Right? Because Tyler mm -hmm. Butler throws the, the interception with like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. And the football gods say, you know who would be perfect to lead Notre Dame back right now? Jack Cone. Jack Cone. Twist your ankle. Yeah. Just on the spot. Twist your ankle. Yeah, it was odd because he, he got it off with, uh, and the camera went away, but it didn't look like anybody was close to him. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this might be that moment. Because <laughs> how else, how else, how is it, it going to figure out it's like that? You throw the pick, you happen to be done, because I don't think Coach Kelly would have took him out. If no. You would, so, and then the Coach Kelly then start talking about, oh, well, to go see him in there and throw him in there from the last two drives and see him win. That wasn't planned. No. <laughs> No, not at all. And you talk about good to see him go through adversity. You put him through it. You took him out. <laughs> well, according to Brian Kelly at the press conference, Jack Cohn put himself in that situation, and he talked about the yeah. two Jack Cones that he, that he saw last night versus the Jack Cone he sees every day. But you still have to make those throws. <laughs> you still have to be decisive. You watched what I watched. He was decisive. The ball came out of his hands. The reads were correct, um, and it looked like it was shooting fish in the barrel, you know, with, with the timeliness of the ball coming out of his hand compared to where it was earlier. Is that, is that the kind of thing you're seeing in practice? At least yeah. The game? Yeah, listen, we live with these guys, and, and so <laughs> that's the hard part, right? You know, we see them every day. I didn't name them, you know – the starting quarterback because it came up on the Ouija board. You know, it's just that's the way it is. We see him every day and we're like, that's what he does. And then, yeah, it was uneven to start. That's why we pulled him. Damning with faint praise is probably his best characteristic in, in interviews. Damning yeah. with the faintest of praise. Yes. I, I mean, that was the most two-sided answer I've ever heard. How on one end, Y'all love Coach Kelly. Talk about it. That's your coach. Anyway, that's my disclaimer. I love Coach Kelly. First of all, I've never seen him talk so highly of a guy that he takes out of the game, number one, or even highly in the sense that he's getting his guy back. I mean, when's the last time? I don't remember the last time he's openly was like, man, he's out there throwing on time. I'm around him every day. He's making the right reads, da 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 And then you say, but I took him out because whatever. We knew the ceiling of what Jack was before he got to school. So in my opinion. So it should have been buyer beware. It was buyer beware. But yes. Coach Kelly, to put himself in that situation, I feel like he has to take his back because he was the reason that he's there. You know, it wasn't like he was 
deciding hot on the market coming out of high school, he was he was looking for schools to go to. So yeah. I appreciate Coach Kelly probably likes his experience and his better leadership. Somebody he can just throw in like like the Tommy and Ev situation whenever things went real hairy, he went to the guy he knew the most. And that was Tommy. Do I feel like that kind of messed up Ev's progression? Yeah, but shoot, we went to championships. So <laughs> what do you call that? However, speaking on on it just sounds indecisive. You know what I mean? It's hard to have so much faith in the guy that you bouncing back and forth with a true freshman. He ain't even been there that long. Yeah. And so for Jack to even have the stability mentally to go through that each and every day and to, to like you said, man, go in there and, and put the nail in the coffin when you called on, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you saw over there in, in, in Oklahoma what happened. It's hard for a guy to, to lose their spot in the middle and then the other guy goes and goes crazy. And then you go support him. So Jack having that experience allows him to be like that. But I do like that he's competitive at the same time, and and no matter what, he's going to try at least to get it done. Something else we pointed out. If you're going to win and win big, you have to have a quarterback that can make plays off script. That's it. And that's, yo, what Jack Cohn did at Florida State late in the game, what he did last night. Two-point conversion, he definitely (laughs) – the two-point conversion, he didn't yeah, have. We have to give him kudos for that because he tried to use his legs as much as he could. And, and Kevin Austin, look, what did we say? <laughs> we told Kevin Austin he had to show up. Three catches, seven yards. We got. We have to. He's so talented. We have to get him over that 100-yard mark for the season. We do. we do. He's so talented, man. So big, so physical, can run. Might not have the breakaway speed like Braden Lindsey. Might not have the breakaway speed. If he gets a good release, and what did you talk about? The technique of stacking, using his body. He's an area code guy. Man, great hands. Throw it in his vicinity, he's going to come down. At the best chance, he'll come down. I think he has great hands. I know he's dropped some key balls in big games over the middle, but – this is technically still his breakout season. so It really of, is. A lot of people have been talking about Kevin Austin for a long time. It's just this he's healthy, happens to be the, the prime guy right now, and he's, and he's definitely showing a lot of what people were leading on to earlier. So I think his progression is headed in the right way. He's a similar to Cam Hart, you know, for a guy yeah. that you don't want to say he's out of position, but he's growing in a new position for him that he can be great at. So for those two guys, each and every week is fun to watch because you see them figuring out and getting better as the time goes on, and they make impactful plays each game. So it's like, man, you love to see that type of progression, you know. And make them an overall receiver. That's why we said move them around. Yeah. Move them inside, move them outside, move them to the other side. Don't just keep them on the boundary. You know, move they them to the field. Them a lot. They motion them a lot. So yeah. And they, you can clearly see they was trying to get the ball to them. Yeah, they were listening. Tommy, we know. Tommy. <laughs> You're listening to your former teammate. We know. Get at your boy. How else, how else is he doing exactly, unless he just want to give us free promo? Because, <laughs> I mean, you're taking our suggestions critically. You might go into the meeting room with Coach Kelly and say, look, I listened to this podcast. <laughs> the brothers, brothers had a good suggestion. 
I'm not saying we got to use it, but I heard them. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, they do the segment called a clean sheet. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good little infrastructure we should try to, you know, use. So let's go by the units, man, and get your grades. Starting the offensive side, start with the quarterbacks. What's your grade for the quarterbacks? For a win in a in a hostile environment for the, the second time in a row. And for here we go. Here we go. Grading on the scale again. Go ahead. Listen, I love I gotta give the B to us because it's a combo. If one played, then they would have an A, but I gotta give them B because they both did well to help the team, you know, make plays. And Tyler Buckner, I mean, he he came in and scored some good points for us. Something that I don't think if he didn't come in, I don't think we would have been in that position towards the end of the game. So he did his part. Uh, Jack came in and finished sort of similar to how I thought it should have went anyway. Let Tyler play early, bring Jack in at the end. It worked out this time. I still don't like the, the indecisiveness at quarterback. It's almost like if you're doing that, you might as well just mix them together and, and call it a recruit, Dante Moore. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for them to do go through all of that as a quarterback and still win the game in Blacksburg, Virginia, one of the best places to play in college football, got to give you a B for win. All right, let's go to the running backs. As I said, Logan Diggs got his first action on the field, tough environment. He put – let me tell you something. I just want to point this out because he looked like a certain running back. I don't want to put that on him quite yet. I have to watch him a little bit more. And he didn't score. See, you watch running backs. It necessarily doesn't have to be a big run for you to see, like, oh man. Oh, he got some he got some pop too. He got some pop. He made a move on the goal line when he didn't have anything. He made a move. It was mm -hmm. him and the safety. And the safety barely ticked his foot going by. Barely. But he gave him like a eek, eek, and it was like, yeah. okay, okay, I see you. Yeah, he he, he see didn't just duck his head type of right. guy. He know he ain't trying to take some of them hits. He's going to try to make a play. That's something we ain't seen in a little bit now. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this kid has a little little XY stick controller to him. And if that's if that's our, our new age Theo, then I'm good with that because that's yeah. a, a good combo that we need for offensive side of the world. Yeah, perfect compliment to Kyron. So what's your grade for the running backs? Running back by committee, I give it a B. I'm glad that Kyron got a little bit more on track this week. He looked good, man. You're talking about a guy you can depend on in, in all aspects of the game. He's a tough runner, and I think he showed a lot of that last night. I mean, the running back by committee has always been pretty good for us. But, you know, the running game with Mix Tyler in there too, I think we got something that we can build off of, so I, I'm going to give those guys a B as well. Let's go to this offensive line. Much maligned offensive line. Line. I appreciate this game. consistency this game, but I'm still giving a C plus, man. I think we we That's do improvement. It's improvement, but it's not where I feel like you know. Obviously, the standard was so high, right? So in, in order to get an A, we would have to score damn near a hundred points. <laughs> no sacks, hundred points, but they're in a position where they know they're gonna give up some sacks because Jack Cohn's not gonna be able to get out of a more things than what Tyler would. And since Tyler's not there the entire time, it's just going to happen until, you know, they get a little bit better each week. I'm excited that they were able to hold a good defense up long enough for us to be able to make some plays down the field. And when a lot of people were 
thinking that we were tanking on purpose or something. So I give them a C plus, and hopefully, I mean, the, the season's long and we got some tough games, so hopefully they can get better over that time too. And shout out to the youngsters, Joe Alt, Andrew Kostovic, who played most of the game. They're going to get better. Look, we told you, this is. Isn't Blake coming back soon, or is he is the business? Gets Blake back? will be, I think it's a decision of where it's like around week eight or nine. Yeah. And at that point, you know, him coming off surgery, they'll make the decision whether or not they just go ahead, redshirt him. Yeah, let them sit, or whether or not it's worth bringing them back. But I was just about to say, you talk about these youngsters. You talk about Kristoffic, Blake, and then uh, Joe Alt. Irish fans, your offensive line is once again going to be okay for the next yeah. two to three years. Like the foundation, you've seen it. You stop yeah. acting spoiled. You can deal with this little valley. <laughs> you can deal with this little valley. We spoiled at five and one. We'll right? start climbing the mountain to excellence once again. Once again. Just be patient with these young kids, and we'll have a dominant offensive line here in the near future. That's right. All right, your pass catchers, your tight ends, and your wide receivers. Man, I thought they, they displayed good discipline throughout the whole game. Uh, obviously, there was some, some ups and downs. You know, the pick six, I, I put that on the receiver and the quarterback. Those are young guys, you know, so. Yeah. For me, I really do think that the receivers stepped up enough. I give them a B plus because I feel like Kevin Austin, man, he's a difference maker. That two-point conversion, literally because it wasn't planned or scheduled or even intended for him, for him to take that next step. Because I think that two-point conversion could have impacted a lot, actually, on how that next drive was to be carried out. Uh, make an off-schedule play, help your quarterback, man, took it from a B to a B plus. So shout-out Kevin Austin. Let me ask you a question because I just thought about this because we're about to go to Tommy Reeves. <laughs> Tommy. Yeah, this 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 really upset me. We talked about the creativity, but even more than that, I was really upset because I felt like Tommy put Tyler Buckner in a bad position there in the fourth quarter. You had third and five on their side of the field. I want to say the ball was around the 39-yard line. You had third and five. And the play call, yeah, that run to Kyron. It's like, yo, what are you, what are we doing? Because you saw it. They look all look to the sideline. They come back. Virginia Tech, the defensive end. I have to give him credit because immediately he sees the tight end come in motion. Yeah, and right before the snap, he shifts to the inside of the tackle mm-hmm. and shoots the gap. Gets in the backfield. Screws up the entire play. Entire play. And but I felt like in that position, you either put the ball in the kid's hand and let him run. Yeah. Quarterback lead, or you let him pass. That's it's right. like you have to get positive yards on that play. You have to. I don't care if it's a quick quick screen. He has to work on his screen passes too. There's a lot for TB to work on. We he's twelve junior. Come on, man. He he he's trying to figure it out on the fly, man. I know the coaches can help him out, being more creative, being more uh, direct with him. Yeah, but I'm he's saying in that position, man. the play call that led to this is my issue. If you're when you're backed up with a one point lead, mm. no. At that time, I think they had a six five point lead. 
21-16, you're backed up on, like, your 21-yard line and it's third down, third, five, third, and six, and you have the confidence in this kid, excuse me, to call a pass that led to a pick six, yeah, you can't be in there. You can't be on the Virginia Tech side of the field, yeah. third, five, third, and six at the 39, and then call a run. Now, maybe the pick six took away the confidence. 100%. But at that point in time, it's like, dude, you can't be one-dimensional. You can't. Not at that point. But that's that's our strategy, though. We one Because we're not a turnover-based team. So it's like we turn it over, we're going into a shell. Into a shell. We can figure it out or try it again later. But that plays into the hands of the defense. I think yeah. teams know if they get a couple turnovers on us, We'll revert to that, and then they'll start taking shots and trying to score a lot of points. So, yeah, it's a momentum killer because we're because that's just how we've always been. But in those moments, I agree, you can't have the most confidence and then lose the most confidence in drive to drive. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. And see, this is what and people are like, well, man, what do you want them to do? I'll give you an example. And the same thing that happened in the Notre Dame game. Happened in the Oklahoma Texas game. <laughs> the exact same thing. The exact same thing. The only difference is Spencer Rattler didn't have to come back in to win the game. No, they didn't. Oh shit, Caleb didn't turn his ankle. <laughs> Riley brought his brought Williams in his freshman and went bonkers with the play calling. Bonk. Yeah, it was like a whole difference. Bleak reverse flea flickers, deep passes. Fake pitches, fake yeah. RPOs, pulling the tackle and the guard from the back end, running counter. Stuff you he was like, you had this waiting. <laughs> he went to everything in the book because he knew that the defense would key on on his running quarterback. Oh, yeah, 100%. He knew. When you have a quarterback like that, it, you should be like, you should feel like you're in the candy shop. 100, you do anything you want. But reverses, I have action off of this action. And you start realizing, like, man, you guys got some players around you. Man, that's what I'm asking for Tommy Reese. Like, yo, don't just put the ball in this kid's hand and just run and RPOs and let him run the deck. Like, bring Avery Davis on a reverse. Put him in the backfield. Yes. Off just the same action. Yeah, like. Dude, the play. They scored on. They actually ran it three times in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. It was the quarterback lead action. And I'm talking about Lincoln Riley. Brilliant play. Brilliant play. Williams took off. The direct snap went to the running back. And he was the damn near lead blocker. But this is the thing. Williams takes off to the right. Yep. What do the linebackers do? They all flow. Immediately flowing. Fall mm-hmm. steps to the left. He had the 66-yard run earlier. I'm by the time, really time they recognized their key of the backside guard tackle pulling, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Them the type of calls we need, though. Man. Because that's the stuff throwing teams off. Teams are kind of locked in on what we're doing. We need some stuff like that because that's creative. And I'm saying to myself, why can't – why can't – you know what? Tommy Reese, what's what's the, what's the grade? Man, look, this is Tommy's second game putting up a good amount of points in hostile environments in games that you know in previous years we would 
you know, I think we would probably be in a tougher spot. We probably wouldn't come out like you think of games like the Miami game where offense was so stagnant at Miami. I mean, we really – I think we're responsible for making that turnover chain so hot. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was after that game – that, 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 is the, that was the, the official Ian Book has the keys game. Oh, that man. game. They read it on the wall. Even with him throwing that pick six, it, you could yeah. just – it was like, all right, it's time to move on. But in previous years, the scores were a lot different. And offense looked even worse as those games went on. These years with Tommy, even dating to the Clemson game first half last year in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he's keeping us in the game enough. It may not be exactly the creativeness that we're looking for just yet, but we know we have a chance to at least be in the game in tough environments and our offense not be, oh, we can't score no points. That was the, the story we've always had for a while. Yeah. This is now, well, decide what quarterback you want and give us a chance. And we do. And we do. So I have to give Tommy for this for this game, another game, hostile environment, putting up 30-plus points. I got to give him a B-plus. He put it to handle both quarterbacks and then to put the guy that you took out for the last two drives and call things mm-hmm. to get those things done. I mean, he's in sync with his quarterback room, and and with that, you're going to have some wins. So I give him a B-plus. Let's go overhead or go switch over to the yeah. other side of the ball. Excuse me, it's Sunday morning. Um. I'm going to start with the defensive line. And overall, we talked about some of our disappointment with the defense yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the defensive line because I thought Kurt Hennish coming back, his leadership, taking reps away from the young guys that were there in his stead for the last two weeks. I thought it would really make a difference. I thought they would really dominate. But like I said, no, I thought Justin Fuente and that offense and his staff did a great job of knowing how they wanted to attack this defense, especially when they went to the three-man front, mm, yeah. attack the edges, seal the edges, get some plays in the running game because that running game has been scuffling all season. And then they they struggled in pass pro a lot, but they yeah. were able to keep their quarterbacks upright for the most part. And then the quarterbacks were able to get out the back end, like Brian Kelly said, and escape the pressure that I say Posky was pretty much applying the entire game. Applying, yeah, it was applying pressure the whole game. Yeah. It, it, like, I mean, you know, that's that damn with fake praise. You're doing all that, and then you mention you don't know how to mention that they was letting them do that. But good grief, Coach Kelly, help us out. However, that it's true. You know, if, if we seal some of those edges, Bud Meister's not looking like Russell Wilson. You know, he's not looking like Mike Vick out of Blacksburg, Virginia. So because of that, I mean – I'm a big fan of Isaiah Fowski. I thought he was causing a lot of havoc. And because of that, I think he led the charge enough. I'll give him a I'll give him a C. I didn't like how we was giving up so many points to make this team look like a ranked team. This is Virginia Tech. They're not even ranked. So Yeah, that offense is sputtered all year. All year. But we yeah. every time we just make teams look so much better. Like, man, it's the best unranked team in the country. Giving Notre Dame a run. Yeah. About Toledo. He said about. So those are the games we know we're usually be in. But like I said, man, to be able to go down to the wire, hold them off like we did, I give the D line a C, but the linebackers a different grade, you know. 
Let's go to the linebackers. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I thought they were getting better. Last night might have been, of course, every week we know who's going to lead the team in tackles. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. He can seek a missile, man. He can seek a missile to the football, man. Yeah, white lightning, man. He, Absolutely. He, but last night with Virginia Tech, and once again, look, we love every player. Yeah. <laughs> on this team. This they game. play hard. They all play hard. And they give you everything they have. Every time. Every time. Our linebackers just aren't rangy enough. <laughs> they play hard. I, Drew White played really good. Yeah, they played. Really played really good. Yeah, Kaiser made some plays. Like, if you're expecting – Plays that you see from certain linebackers that are just long and ranging. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna get those plays. Bo Bauer is our best linebacker against mm -hmm. the pass. That's why mm -hmm. he picked off the two point conversion. Mm -hmm. Should have pitched it to somebody that was a little bit faster, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, we're getting there. You know, it steps it steps to it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like you said, man. Last night, I think they took a little bit of a step back. I think they yeah. had played even better. I think they played be uh, well against Cincinnati. I think they just took a step back last night. There was some run fits. And, and get to this, too, because we'll tie this into Marcus Freeman. I don't know if we're blitzing too much or if they just really don't know how to time their blitzes. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that because because – some of, I mean, some of those we was blitzing in situations where I'm like, why are we blitzing? Why are we blitzing? We're not really hitting home as fast as we should. You know, for the, you know, you look on the TV, you see yeah. seven guys trying to go. So I'm right. like, somebody should be cut loose because their offensive line ain't that good. There's no right. way they're holding up. Right. Different blitzes. So it may be a timing issue. But then again, like you said, we don't have a rangy enough linebacking core to be doing the entire scheme at a high level. And I think, shoot, Virginia Tech's offense, they knew that. And so they're like, we're going to get on the edges, make y'all chase us. We're not going to run at you. We're going to make you chase us. And we're going to use our skilled players inside. And we just going to try to outflank you guys all day. And it was working because once you're chasing everybody and you start missing tackles, yeah, start giving up stuff downfield because you're falling asleep. So Virginia Tech definitely knew that was probably the, the weaker part of our defense was the rangeness from our linebackers just to keep up with all the things they're coming in and out with. And Cincinnati kind of exposed that. But that's something that I believe Marcus Freeman understands himself. And so he's putting those guys in positions to be like, let's be on the offensive and blitz. That way we don't have to be chasing and, and, and playing behind yeah. all day. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think that's them learning the system that when we get our guys in, It'll be a seamless transition because the culture is there. All right, we're going to come after you. But we wasn't, as he's probably showing recruits on the tape, this could be you. Right. Go faster. <laughs> so it's, it works both ways. I think his pedal to the metal and, and, and relentlessness, either one or two things, the guys are going to get better or we're going to give up more points. And so I think being in that position, he'll figure it out. And, and I give the linebackers a C minus because. They're just limited in, in some of that. And, you know, when you have 
game planning each and every week. The film is stacking up. So they know yeah, what they're going to at this point, and they're going to try to expose it. But I like Marcus Freeman for saying, hey, it's our weakness right now or not yeah. the highest strength, but we're going to be aggressive at, at the end of the day. I already know. It's so Tariq Bracey, you know, that's that's the guy every week that I I've been begging for Tariq to show up. Him yeah. and Clarence Lewis. Him and Clarence Lewis. Clarence Lewis, what's up, man? I've been begging him for him to show up. Tariq, big interception last night. Big interception. Man, trusted his technique. Because I I mean he he jumped it just right. Jumped it just right. Didn't they run that play earlier and got they it? Did. They, they, did. they did. They did. And what they were doing, because to the field, they were so used to Notre Dame dropping that linebacker under. Mm -hmm. And they were actually hitting the out right over the linebacker. They say something in that play action, the long play action. He got snuck right behind them. Yeah. And we're giving them way too much cushion. But Tariq on that play anticipated, read it. That was a really good play. Yeah, really good. Because usually, yeah. you know, that's a tip at the most. He went in there and made the full play, which is what we talked about. We got to see that secondary other than 14 and, and five go out there and make something shake. Man, have to. So that's a huge play. We talked about 14. Yeah, 14. Cutting the there. lights out on people. He, he's the, he's the, if this was basketball, he's our closer. <laughs> you know, he's, our, he's the real guy. We got to be like, all right, 14, time to – Turn this thing around for us, you know. Yep. Talked about Cam Hart, you know, missed tackles in key situations. <laughs> Up and down night for Cam Hart. Just overall, how do you think the secondary play? What what's your grade? That Cam Hart tackle docked him a little bit for me, but I give him a B, man. I, I'm telling you, when you got 14, you can't give me anything less than a B. So the, the best that they can get is an A plus, the worst they can get is a B and, and 14. For being able to play a better second half, I thought they played a better first half than second half. Yeah. But um, what I can't appreciate is that they didn't quit. And even on the touchdown on 30-15 when he ran that, I feel like guys just got a rally. I don't know. I mean, Isaiah done chased him to the sideline. I'm like, where are they? Yeah, I'm thinking, like, were they in man-to-man? Because they only brought four. They only brought four. They only so brought four. So the linebackers, once again, the linebackers in coverage have to be able to see that, run to the ball, get him down. He that was another because it was third and like eight. 15. It was third and 15. Yeah, you're right. It was third and 15. <laughs> and you cannot let him get out. Yeah, those are just first things down. you can do. Those things you just can do. Yeah, I was wondering, like, man, is it a computer glitch? Did they delete <laughs> the players off the field? Like, what's. I was like, oh, this is sad because he's chasing him to the sideline. Somebody's probably coming. Right. Throw it away. But then he started turning the corner. And I think Isaiah was like, man, I can't chase him. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to rally. So, you know, we those are the plays we can't give up. But those also are the plays that I think, like we said, that, that experience, those right guys getting in through recruitment. Yeah. We'll seal that up in the years to come. Where did this mean streak? Coming from Kyle Hamilton was like this quiet. He made plays from the first time he stepped on the field. That's right. He has a little streak now, man. Yeah. I he can't make him. plays on the Virginia Tech sideline, trash talking the only one in the middle of like five Virginia Tech players, like, yo, what's up? And I'm like, 
Yo. Marcus Freeman put that battery in his back and told him, you really that guy, man. Take the helmet off again. Man. <laughs> He's playing mean. The, heat, the hit he put on Burmeister that they called the personal foul for, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, hey, that's okay. We'll, we'll take that one. But you, but Budmeister remembers that. Yeah, he's no longer a pup, right? <laughs> he's no longer a pup. Like real talk, when I first time I got my rot, wife bought me a rot for my birthday, and he was like eighty five pounds, and he was a puppy. Jeez. Right. So I kept him in the basement. Yeah, you got to. I kept him in the basement, and he refused to come up the stairs. Oh, like that's his territory down there. And his mentality, no, no, his mentality, he was he was afraid. He was still a puppy. Oh, yeah. He was huge, but, but in his mind, he was still a pup. Yeah. Right? And I think Kyle Hamilton has realized, like, yeah, I can make plays. I can play center field. But, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm 6'4", too. You know, I can bring the wood. The dude's a freaking nature. He's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, moving. Right. And he's and he get hit. He got he's almost like a skinnier Jalen. Right. Jalen was a safety at yeah. Kyle's only gotta be like 215 at the right. End. Right. So now he's realized, like, yo, I'm no longer a pup. I can make it happen. Yeah, yeah it's mental is catching up. It's catching up with his physical. And not only are you afraid to throw the ball because of his range yeah. and his athleticism now. Don't let him come down on one of them little bubble screens. Man. Blowing that up. It's, it's crazy. That's going to be a highlight tape at the end of the season. I think he got a real, real good highlight tape at the end of yeah, the season. Yeah, he's definitely solidifying being a top 10 pick in the NFL draft coming April. Earl Kuyper get to talk about them highlights. You're going to yeah. see them yeah. picks, them laying the wood. I mean, he's going he gonna to be spectacular. Yeah, it's just a matter of picking out the suit right now. That's all. <laughs> you going to go that, that. It's a matter of picking out the right suit. Yeah, what color are you rocking with, man? <laughs> All right, so Marcus Freeman gets our last grade. He talked about maybe blitzing in wrong situations, being aggressive, but Brian Kelly said, if we're going to do this, let's go ahead and make this and be aggressive. So we have to live with it. What's your overall grade for Marcus Freeman? We talked about Virginia Tech out coaching them early on. Adjustments had to be made. I, my biggest issue, this is great. My biggest drive, you can't give up. A field goal with thirty with thirty seconds left. Oh yeah, that's excuse me. Score a touchdown and then you give up that field goal. That that made them feel like okay, we're still in it going into halftime instead of Notre Dame having the momentum. Because the momentum would have been the difference in the second half. We almost came out second half. Was like, oh yeah, we can we can yeah. get these guys. And yeah, that's that last and it's and it's happened so early. But those are the moments where those are the you letting them hang around. Yes, that's a hang around moment and. All you need, you do that in a stadium where it's already crazy. It makes it a little tougher for guys to to come out with the same intensity. But I, in my opinion, I got to give Marcus Freeman a B because one, he's sticking true to his identity. He's committed to being aggressive. He hasn't changed that all year, no matter what kind of touchdowns we've given up or explosive plays. Yeah, I think he has a lot of trust that. If all else fails, 14 can save me in the back. So for his commitment to his identity and then to be an aggressive style of defense, we had a previous aggressive style of defense when Van Gorder and gave up way more points. Yeah. So to be able to still keep that aggressiveness and, and not just have the game get blown out the proportions and stuff, I like where it's trending. So I'm giving him a B. That's a great way to 
adjusting the game. A lot of the things, too, is that we haven't been a great adjusting team in previous years. So to be able to do that on the fly in a tough environment, man, you got to give them a beat for that. Yeah, they really only gave up 22 points. Yeah, seriously. You know, the pick six, you know, was part of the point total for Virginia Tech. So 22 points. And uh, I just like the way he he's able to adjust. You talked about Brian Van Gorder. Not as undisciplined as yeah. Perry. Disciplined brand of football. They usually tackle well. And like you said, they have 14 in the back end that teams have to worry about. So I, I, I can see I can see you giving them a beat. Yeah, even with the even with the disappointment in certain things, I I, I can see a beat. Uh, Chris Tyree uh, was out with turf toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Kelly Petty once again he was he said unable. What did he say? Unable to step up to the plate. So he, he was able. He was unable to step up. Like what? What are you doing? What are you doing? You say the man. You say the kid has turf toe. Like I don't know if you've ever had turf toe. The worst injury. The worst. Careers. Turf toe is in the guy's careers. Like what are you talking about? Highest Ward's career was ended from a turf toe. Plexico Burris. Uh, his. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders a turf toe. So. And then unable. It's the off-putting comments. Like he had a choice. He just decided he didn't want to step up to the plate. (laughs) Oh. That's right. Unable to answer the bell. Yeah. That, thanks, Michael Johnson. That was the, the exact quote. He was unable to answer the bell. Look, man. Look. Look. <laughs> that's like quitting on the stool, dude. Yeah. Like, that's a boxing term. So maybe you're saying this dude didn't want to come out for the round. Basically. Basically. He didn't want to show up when he had the chance. Like, he it just nursing like a, a finger injury or something. That's crazy. Like man, you should be able to play through that. Like, yo, this is my body, bro. It's but the thing is, it's unnecessary to say all the extra stuff. But that's who he is. Like, what? That's who. That's who Brian Kelly is. We might as well just put. You know what? Brian Kelly's going to be on the petty train on the slant every Monday. A segment on him every Monday because he's going to give us plenty of material every time. So we'll just put him on the petty train every Monday on the slant, and then <laughs> we'll bring somebody else to join him. On a petty train, right. we'll go look for someone else. He's just so, the driver of the train, as he's the conductor. There was no reason to say anything like that. And then on the back side of that, he was like, "It's Sebo, you know." Yeah, yeah. Call yeah. that the coach's decision. Why are you even mentioning Sebo? If he's not there, why are you even bringing him up? Because that's Coach Kelly, man. That's he's your the- coach. That's your coach. I, I don't understand. He go, but you know, it's funny that he gonna put them players in front of that, in front of that, them reporters every time. Yeah, but he'll defend Jeff Quinn to the reporters though. Jeff Quinn is oh, listen, we've been putting unfair. Him we've been unfair to Jeff Quinn. You can't get on him right now. You know, we can't. <laughs> he don't. He don't even throw those side comments and no backhanded compliments. And he just like, listen, give him a break, guys. Right. He's a right. he's an O line coach. Give a turf toe a break, Coach Kelly. Good. He was unable to answer the bell <laughs> because to some it's not that big of a deal. But if Chris Tyree heard that, he's feeling away. How can you? I would feel away. <laughs> I would absolutely feel away. Unanswer them like I'm not a good teammate. Like I'm just 
What? Like, what is it? Am I faking the injury now or something? What's going on, Coach K? <laughs> and maybe he was upset because he felt like it hurt the special teams. It did. You know, <laughs> and dude, it's kickoff. The Virginia Tech, the Virginia Tech kicker had a, a bazooka. Oh, yeah. He was, he was deep. The kicker and the punter. Both of them had bazookas. One dude, the one he hit before half could have been good for him. Shoot. From 70. <laughs> From 70. I'm like, dude. Down the line with strength. <laughs> like, could have been. Like, your kick returner was doing this all night. Yeah. Like, he wasn't bringing anything back. And Logan Diggs was ready. And he was ready. And he was ready. And he was ready. So. Yeah, man, come on, Coach Kelly. Give us, give your team a break one time. So, yeah. once again, man, this has been the wrap-up show. Notre Dame 32 over Virginia Tech, 32-29 in Blacksburg. Uh, yes, Notre Dame ended up being the Sandman for that night. That's right. Put him to sleep. Virginia Tech was talking a lot of trash, bro. You know why? Because they were talking, especially 54 in the offensive line. I mean, yeah. He was all yeah, someone to say to Kyle. You see me talking? Yeah. Yeah, someone like, what do you got to say? Like, I don't understand. That's when Kyle's like, dude, I'll be in the league next year, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to a pro right now. I ain't like, no one knows you. What's your name again? Then one of them comments. That, that's why you got to take off the helmet. You got to let them boys know. <laughs> NIL, baby. NIL. I do it on their sideline, you know? <laughs> Right, right. So bad. Oh, and then uh, there was a little skirmish after the game. Yeah, like Notre they, Dame players went over to some fans in the in, in the stands, and Virginia Tech didn't like it because some of their fans started talking crazy. And it's like, come on, what are we you doing? Know, man? You know how we get down in Virginia. Them Virginia teams don't like when we come down there, Blacksburg or what's other Charlottesville, wherever the other one is. Yeah, we go down there and make it happen in Virginia. So. You know, they probably had talked to their friends over there at the Cavaliers and said, hey, you got to go get it done. But not today, man. Yeah, because we go back to, to the Commonwealth to face Virginia. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they have a really good offense. Oh, yeah. Really good quarterback. Defense is really suspect. Really suspect. Like, really, really. Like, this is a game. Like, if, we don't, if we don't put up 40 against Virginia. But the thing is, when are we going to be like, you know what, let's blow a team out 60 to something one time. Like the Lou Holtz days? <laughs> Come on, Coach Kelly. Be different one time for us, man. We can get we can get right with this team. Yo, it's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. This has been a wrap-up show. We appreciate you guys so much. We spin it different. We spin it different. Go subscribe to the Lucky Lefty Podcast on YouTube. It's also available on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. Share, 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 share. And shout out to everybody. Our subscribers have gone up each and every week. We hit the 2,000 view mark this past week. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to Michael Johnson, Jacob C. We see you guys. Thank you for the love and your comments. And if you guys have questions, anytime we're doing a live show, shoot the questions, shoot the comment, man. We'd love to answer your questions, you know, and, and just bring you guys into the show. We want you to be a very integral part of the show. And become a part of the uh, Lucky Lefty Podcast family. We got merchandise coming. So we want you to bring that. We spin it different. Spin it different. That's right. So absolutely. Uh, we'll have the slant tomorrow. Well, we'll get a, a different perspective on Brian Kelly's press conference tomorrow. And we'll talk about some other things. We'll get into, uh, we're definitely going to get into the Aggies. 
upsetting the Crimson Tide. Because I don't think anybody saw that coming. Man, you know what's so crazy is that uh, <laughs> it, it was so crazy. Cause Boy, hold on. Somebody asked if you have a year left of year of eligibility left. Look, make a couple, I'll make a couple calls, man. I'll cut the hair, look a little younger. We can do whatever, man, for sure. But you go ahead. You were talking about the Aggies in Alabama. It, it made – I've never seen the, t the defense look so susceptible. You know, I'm like, whoa, the D-line is not getting I, I, There has to be – like, we'll get more depth. They usually have more depth, especially when they're nickel. At the nickel position. Yeah, right? but they were playing their safety branch in the slot, and he was one-on-one -on -one with Anias. And that – bro, that – they just went to that. I mean, they ate off of that matchup. That's like throwing it to Barkley on the post back in the day. And he's going to bounce it 20 times to back you down. Yeah. like it's nothing. Next day, and them just went to it over and over again. And that's the thing is that that's the only thing they really had. And and they used it. And, you know, Coach Saban's not – I don't think – I think he was caught off guard to where they really didn't adjust because they're like, we're it's a three and two Texas A&M team. We're supposed to – I'm not about to change. We Alabama, and yeah, it cost them. So, yeah, but you got to remember, Jimbo Fisher, man, that's a that's a masterful play caller. Yeah, think he was cooking up for them boys. He had something the whole week. He's like, yeah, we are gonna get him on this, on this, on this, and he did his first, thing. First former saving assistant to beat him. So that's yeah. a big win for Jimbo Fisher. Big win for that program. Johnny Manziel was in the big. You know, the last yeah. time they beat Alabama, he was the quarterback. Straight up. It was a raucous crowd. 12th man definitely made an impact. So we'll talk about that on the slant. We'll also talk about I'm 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 irritated. I'm irritated. <laughs> but because if Sean Clifford didn't get hurt, uh here we, we go. If, if he didn't get go. hurt, Penn State is going to hang 30 plus on Iowa at Kenny. You I, know it. And I, you know I, it. I and you know it. What Penn State was. You know it. You know it. And you know it. You know it. That totally look. That took that took Dotson and all of their wide receivers out of the game. But this is something. You know how we talk about how bad, how bad O lines are on average in college football. Backup quarterbacks on average in college football. Oh my god! Yo, the drop off and Sean Clifford isn't like elite. No, but it's a huge drop off from Sean Cliff. Huge, huge. You better get in that recruiting bag, James Franklin. You so James Franklin and that coaching staff, you lost that game. <laughs> you lost that game. You lost that game. That defense played way too hard. They played hard though. Oh, they defense was playing hard. They top. They one of the top five defenses in the country. And they still almost pulled it out with a trash quarterback. A trash quarterback. But you know, Penn State's a 13 drives and three points. Penn State is doing this now. You know, it's getting cold. Oh, yeah, here comes the nose dive. It's 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 cold. The nose dive. We're about to start dropping from top 10 to top 15, from top 15 to bottom 25. It's gonna be it's gonna be on schedule. That's all. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm not impressed with either. No, but but either I mean, have never been an impressive team, but they don't mess up. That's all right. They don't mess up. All I know is if they face Ryan Day, Ryan Day is going to put up 40. Oh, yeah. CJ Stroud hitting his stride. Yeah. So, Nobody's yeah. talking about it. Just 
Yeah, he's a secret Heisman winner because, you know, Spencer and DJ both bottomed down on that one. Yeah, he's putting up Michael Jordan numbers, 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah, yeah just very quietly. Just yeah, People were talking a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And then tomorrow on the slant, we'll definitely get into, look, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? You guys, hey, what did I tell you? I give you a pick each and every week. Each and every week. Each and every week. And what did I tell you? Take Georgia and the oh. 18. Hey, Georgia in the 18. I told you. It didn't matter that Auburn had a big win at LSU. It got Curtis magic. No, no, I told no. we told you. Georgia takes the defense. Where did they get these guys from? They take two stars. Georgia defense is for real. For real, for real. For real, for real. Like, yo, it's worth your four hours on a Saturday to yeah. watch them play defense. Their twos are like their ones. They yes. two D tackles in the nose out. They put two more in there, and you was like, oh, where do these guys come? They're, they're bench players. <laughs> Yo, Bo Nix was running around evading people last week down in Baton Rouge, and this man. week he's like, oh, my God, I'm running to the sideline, and this dude is 360 running with me. And, and, I, and I'm 10 yards in the backfield. I can't even get up field. He's I can't even turn on I'm telling you. Georgia spent some good money this last year. Look. I don't, care I don't care what you do. And I know we're all Notre Dame fans, but I'm a college football fan as well. <laughs> yeah, I love watching good football players. And that defensive unit has the unit. A, it's the, the unit. whole unit. And it's, it's not like, unit. oh, they just got a good front seven. No. no, no. no. And it's crazy because you know it's the unit because I still don't even know most of their names. It's just the Georgia defense. The Georgia defense. There are a bunch of first rounders that guys I should probably know the names of. I don't yeah. even know the names because they got so many. It's the whole group is good. It's <laughs> in the whole 11 to the end. Right. <laughs> so, man, we might, depending upon our schedules, we might go live for the slant tomorrow sometime yeah. around 11 Central and uh, have your questions ready. We'll talk about Brian Kelly in his press conference. We'll throw him on the petty train. He's already on the petty train. He's the conductor. We just try He's to see conductor. Him. Absolutely. And then we'll throw somebody else on the petty train. And then uh, we'll take a different spin on what we saw in Blacksburg, the big win. And, um, yeah, we'll tie it all up and talk some more college football. That's right, man. Man, I've never – I'm on here defending Sean Clifford. What is going on? <laughs> Yes, bet on them in the beginning, man. I told you they were bottom. But you know, stop. You watched that game. You watched that game. And they turned the ball over twice. And still were putting up yards and points. That's how you know defenses in college football, if they dominant, they'll get you through with a trash quarterback, an average quarterback. They'll put you in the team at the end. And a quarterback room at Penn State is trash. But that's what I'm saying. It goes back to what's what are where are these guys getting recruited from? Because it's not like it's too much difference in our quarterback room where you're like, we where's the depth of talent? And Yo, I'm just saying, like, if you want to recruit a quarterback, just find out what Lincoln Riley, what high school Lincoln Riley's. Oh from. man, he he got the quarterback that's down the street from me at Los Alamitos, Michael uh, Michael Nielsen, another one in the tank. Another one in the There's tank. Another one in the tank. Another one in the tank. The guy, the guy is throwing for five million yards. He looked just like all of the ones that he that Rinkin Riley likes to recruit. I mean, he's he got the secret sauce. I don't know. <laughs> Man, can we go follow him? 
Whatever schools he goes to. That's right. Follow that dude. Follow him. That's where the quarterbacks are. Yeah, and, and the one he got now, I mean, shoot. Yeah, Spencer, Spencer might go ahead and jump in that portal, bro. I thought he did. I think he jumped in the portal right after the game. No. The reports were like right after the game. Oh, we're definitely talking about that on the slant. Oh, yeah. Join us tomorrow on the slant. <laughs> we're going to get deep in the crates. We're going to get deep in the crates. Let's do it. And talk about it. It's a rattler in that portal. Yeah. I know Notre Dame fans are already like, man, can we get him? If we could get Spencer, I'm saying we're winning next year. I don't care what anybody say. We just, if, if he go to Georgia, Georgia's going to be unstoppable. I think he might end up with somewhere like Georgia. Dude. And Georgia is winning with or, a walk-on quarterback, too. The the starter is a walk-on. JT, well, that's, because, that's because JT's hurt. But you're at Georgia. You literally have an NFL everything. Like, oh, bro, we could quarterback Georgia this year. How is Georgia not getting top quarterbacks? Because of Kirby Smart. Man, come on. Kirby Smart wants a guy. He wants a guy that can manage the game. He don't want to walk on. Dude, he – wait, wait, wait. He chose Jake Fromm <laughs> over Justin Fields. He did. If Justin Fields is his quarterback, he wins the national championship. For sure. For sure. Oh, he doesn't want a quarterback that's going to be risky. He wants a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over, manage the game. You get your Jake Fromms. You get your Bennett's. JT Daniels is about as far as he's, he wants to go. Yeah, as far as he wants to go, because he's he's teetering on the edge of he could be all right. Right. He's also really average. Yeah, too. yeah right. but we can put the reins on. Yeah, we can put the reins on. We can on. put this dog, we know, no pun intended, we can put the dog, dog collar around his neck and just hold him back. But that's the thing too is that Alabama don't do that. They go get the tours and the Bryce Youngs and the and the and the all the talent. Well, that's the difference in the culture. Coaches, they've been keeping up with the times. Kirby, Kirby, coach is nervous, and Nick is like, "Hey, I see what's going on. I change. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. We don't have to run the ball fifty times anymore. I just get Jerry, Judy, Henry, Ruggs, Devontae Smith, and Waddle on one team. No, <laughs> I just want. We'll get to this on the slant too. I'm. We might get. That's what we'll do. That's a dope segment. Let's do the best. Rooms in the nation, yeah. the best quarterback room, the best wide receiver room, the best. What the heck did that Ohio State wide receiver room look like two years ago? Like if their if their transfers are becoming the best wide receivers at Alabama, and what what the heck is Ryan? Look, man. Yeah, sometimes there ain't enough footballs on the field for everybody. Yo, <laughs> Jameson Williams is down in Tuscaloosa putting on a show. Going crazy. Look like look like he's playing like he like Joe Burrow felt. Right. Y'all messed up. For not right. <laughs> and meanwhile, Chris Olave and, and Gary Wilson are just showing like, yeah, this is why he had to transfer. It, so it's like it's a it's a it's a win win for everybody. Kids are talented. He's they saving and sending you a, singing a, a thank you card to yeah, Columbus. Like, hey, like, yo, thank you. Texting Ryan Day, uh, hey, I love how you look at <laughs> So that's everything. The slant is going to be dope tomorrow. Yes, sir. We'll probably go live around 11 a.m. Central. Tap in with us. We'll talk about it. Everything. 
and go follow us. Apple Podcasts, Lucky Lefty. Well, thank you so much to everybody. All you guys, the love, the appreciation, all your comments, your replies to all of the content. We appreciate you so much. Look for that merch coming soon. Yes, and uh, we'll get at you guys tomorrow around 11 a.m. For my boy, Malik Zaire, that dude over there, we are the lefties. The we lefties. stand different. Shout out. Go Irish.